0: Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley, devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Have you ever heard of a spite house? People build houses to spite their neighbors. In Georgetown, the ritzy D.C. suburb, there are several spite houses, narrow, tall houses designed to obstruct their neighbor's view. In Boston, we saw a spite house years ago, built tall to tweak the nose of a man's mortal enemy. Perhaps the most famous spite house in North America was built on Lexington Avenue and 83rd. A man was building an apartment house and wanted to buy the five feet of frontage that extended in front of the building. He offered $1,000, which was a lot of money back then. The owner wanted $5,000. The man refused. After the apartment building was finished, the owner built a four-story structure, five feet wide and 100 feet long. People actually lived in these tiny apartments with scaled-down furniture. It came to be known as the Spite House, or as its occupants called it, the Prison House. Because spite always becomes a prism. and Where there is no forgiveness, there's always a dungeon. Thanks for being a part of our Daily Devotion family. We're looking all this week on authenticity, integrity, and how to find the power of a real life. I believe this thing called spite needs to be addressed. There is no future without forgiveness. Without forgiveness, we live in the past. The haunting hurts of yesterday and the void of doomed relationships and the gorge of once beautiful and now beastly memories separate us from our tomorrows. We will cling to the flimsy drawbridges of self-pity, self-righteousness, self-justification, hoping they will help us get across the divide. But inevitably, the sinner can't hold and we're hurled into the unforgiving abyss of unforgiveness. There simply can be no future without forgiveness. Paul said in Colossians 3 that we, as God's chosen people, should clothe ourselves with compassion and humility and kindness and gentleness and patience. We should bear with one another, forgive whatever grievances we have against the other. Forgive as the Lord forgave us. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Was it Confucius who said, if you devote your life to revenge, first dig two graves? Vengeance is a sharp, two edged sword without a handle. No one can grasp it without being hurt in the process. We don't need spite, we don't need the root of bitterness. We need full forgiveness. There was a Sunday school teacher that had just finished her lesson on Christian living, and she asked one of the students, said, Now, Billy, tell me, what must we do before we can expect to be forgiven for our sins? And without hesitation, Billy said, Well, the first thing we have to do is sin. Yes. Well, let me bring David before you today. David knew what it was like to sin. In one of the seven psalms of repentance, the 32nd psalm, he said Then blessed is the person whose transgression is forgiven, whose sins covered. Blessed is the person to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit, no spite. David said, when I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long for day and night. Your hand was heavy on me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer, Selah. But notice what he says here. I acknowledge my sin. I'm not hidden my iniquity. I've confessed my transgressions. And Lord, you forgave it all. You forgave it all. They are called spite houses. People build them to spite their neighbors. Like David, we can discover that God fully forgives each of us. You don't have to be haunted by the past. You don't have to walk around feeling guilty for the rest of your life. You don't have to carry your sins around you forever. God has something better for you. Blessed is the person whose transgressions are forgiven and whose sins are covered, whose sin the Lord will never, ever count against him. We know that David came face to face with his own failure. We know the day that he acknowledged his own sin. Proverbs 28 says that if we cover our sins, we will not prosper. And that God's woes come to those who try to hide their failures from God. Guilt is so destructive to our lives, to our bodies, our spirits, yet people live with guilt. We engage in two unhealthy habits when it comes to our own failures. First of all, we rationalize our failure. We'll say, oh, that's not really so bad. Others do worse. It's no big deal, but it is a big deal. It's something that will arise at unexpected moments if it's not processed correctly. The first thing we do with our own failures, we rationalize them. Second, and this is classic, we blame other people. Well, if they had not treated me the way they did, then I wouldn't have done this. If my spouse had done this, I wouldn't have had to do that. And we blame others like Adam of old. We point a finger and say it was the other person's fault. But my past is my past. I have no one to blame but myself. I can take ownership of the failure. And as I do, I can then find the freedom for it. This is the danger of removing sin from the church's vocabulary. Until we acknowledge our sin, we can't be free of it. We can't act free. We can't live free. We hadn't found the full pardon of God until we become a man after God's own heart and admit our shortcomings and admit our failures. What did David say in verse five? He said, my sin, my transgression, my sin, my iniquity. What will you do with it, David? Well, I confessed it to the Lord he forgave me. He freed me. As many years ago, the governor of Texas visited a state prison. He spoke to the inmates and announced that he would stay if anyone wanted to speak with him. One by one, those inmates that stayed behind would come and speak with the governor. They would say things like, there's been a grave miscarriage of justice. I shouldn't be here. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm innocent. But one man came up to the governor and said these words, I'm guilty. I did what I did. I'm so ashamed of my past, but the years that I've been here have helped me to become a better person. And one day, when I get out of here, I want to make things as right as I can, and I want to prove that I'm a changed person. One person was pardoned by the governor that day. Any doubts which one it was? God fully pardons. He saves to the uttermost. There's not one sin or one pile of sins that he cannot forgive. His blood still forgives. He fully pardons. As surely as Jesus Christ was crucified and Barabbas went free, as surely as Jesus looked at the merchants of death and said, Father, forgive them. He looks at us today and says, neither do I condemn thee. Be free. Go, sin no more. But there's a catch. To this abundant, amazing grace. To live fully forgiven lives, we have to fully forgive others. We can't go around building spite houses. We can't go around elevating our bitterness and our hurt. The Apostle Paul told that to the Colossians. You got to put on a new garment, you have to put on love and compassion. And as the Lord forgave you, you have to forgive others. Cover everything. With a garment of love. Picture Shem and Japheth walking backwards to cover their father's shame. That's what forgiveness does. It covers. Forgive us our sins, O Lord, as we forgive those who sin against us. What is forgiveness? Forgiveness is not approving what the other person did to hurt you, it's not pretending that you weren't hurt in the process. Forgiveness is not ignoring, excusing, justifying, or denying what they did, nor is it always being fully reconciled with that person. Sometimes we can forgive, but reconciliation to that former status of friendship may never come. Full forgiveness is recognizing we've been hurt, but we choose to forgive. We will not have bitterness in our lives. We will not allow a spite house to be built. We're going to be merciful. We're going to be gracious because love suffers long. Love keeps no record of wrongs. We're going to give everyone who hurt us a get out of jail free card that God fully forgives. We must fully forgive others. And then sometimes the biggest hurdle is in forgiving ourselves. Guilt is one of the most painful emotions in the world. I've seen guilt do strange things to people. I've seen people who grow guilty become the most judgmental people I've ever seen. Jesus said of the Pharisees, they were whitewashed without, but full of violence within. Unresolved guilt can lead people to become judgmental and holier than thou. It can also lead to terrible self-fulfilling prophecies. It goes like this. People think I'm bad. I guess I shouldn't disappoint them, and all of it is rooted in spite. You may recall the Hemingway story about Paco. No one remembered why Paco ran away from home, but his dad wanted him back. He didn't know how to reach his son, so he put an advertisement in the local newspaper, and it read like this, Paco, meet me at the Hotel Montana at noon on Tuesday. All is forgiven. Love, Papa. When the father got to the hotel that Tuesday, there were 800 young men named Paco standing there, waiting for their fathers to show up, waiting for the forgiveness they thought was going to be possible that day. You may carry around a burden of guilt and shame. You regret what was said. You're ashamed over what was not said. You wander with an emotional homelessness. Your destructive behavior is a weight that encumbers you. You look for relief. Relief is found in dangerous, harmful means. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can be fully forgiven. So forgiven that you even forgive yourself. How? How, Pastor? How can I forgive myself? I take you to the dark hours on Calvary's Hill when Jesus Christ said, It is finished. And he put Spite to bed and he said, good night. How can I forgive others? There's really no choice to have a future. I will forgive others, regardless of how they've hurt us, regardless of what they've done to you, to your family, no matter how much they damaged your reputation, talked about you, no matter how much they insinuated and spread rumors about you, you know that one of the most dangerous things to do is to build a spite house and to start doing things to spite that person. I want to set you free today. I want to set you free from the sense that you are judge, jury, and executioner. We are none of those things. We have an agreement with God that we will stand for him and he will fight our battles this battle, sir, this battle, man, it doesn't belong to you. It's not yours. God gave you the grace and the grit and the resilience to get through that situation. And God is going to resolve this issue with the person who harmed you. So release it into his care. Say goodbye to the building of a spite house and start saying, hello, Lord. I want to build the kingdom of God from the love that you have shown toward me. And I promise you, it will begin to happen. Thank you for sharing a daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way. Until we meet again.